Hello and welcome, friends, listeners. We are back again with another episode of the Esteem Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the big event, the council meeting. Uh, while recording, just days before the council meeting in Belgrade, we are trying to shed light on what a council meeting is, who goes there, what is happening, both the serious parts, the General Assembly, and all the amazing opportunities to meet other esteemers. So uh, whether you yourself are going to council meeting Belgrade or any other future council meeting and uh, wants to understand what it is that you are about to embark on, or if you're a seasoned esteemer just wanting to hear the stories of uh, council meetings that have come to pass, I want to welcome you from the bottom of my heart for the fifth episode of the Esteem Podcast. My name is Eric Viktor Pimejashinsky. I will be the host for today's episode. And without further ado, let's uh, go on. All right. So for the council meeting episode, we have got with us three veterans, three legends of the network, some more legendary than the others but are all legends nonetheless. Uh, shall we introduce ourselves or you guys introduce yourselves? Uh, perhaps uh, Sigurd could start. Yeah, sure, Eric. Uh, you just started by saying that you have some veterans in the network. I don't know if I would call myself a veteran, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. I started in 2019, so it's starting to become a while, but we'll see. Uh, my name is Sigurd. I'm from LG Trondheim in Norway. Currently on Erasmus in Italy, actually. And basically, as I said, I started a team in 2019, just after joining university. Uh, I went straight into the local board as one of the assistant project managers. So not the manager itself, but just helping out with the events we had. And after that, yeah, I just stepped up to local responsible, just because I really enjoyed being active. And after that, again, I was kind of done in my local group. So I had to do something <laughs> and i figured out that i could be a, a event service leader so i became the leader of bx for x days which is what i'm doing right now almost finishing up and yeah i guess that's me uh have you move on the, then or figured have you seen the uh tv series the office or has any one of you seen it I have seen a couple of episodes. I'm not a veteran in that game either. But there is one guy, Dwight Trude. So he he calls himself assistant to the to the regional manager. That was kind of your first position, assistant to the project leader. <laughs> My favorite. I guess it was, yeah. Johnny, what what did you say? Yeah, it's my favorite TV show. Okay, good. So I I uh, related at least with one person here. Uh, yeah, but but it's also cool, Sigurd, how you mentioned that after being uh, local responsible, you felt that you had to do something more. Uh, not everyone feels this way, right? Especially in the Nordics. What 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 made you go for that extra take, take that extra step? Hmm. Well, I guess I guess part of it was because that as an allow, I never had a chance to actually go to an event in a different country during my mandate, and that was kind of one of. The goals right because i saw that my previous lr my predecessor did a lot of traveling and that was part of what inspired me to go into that role as well so since i didn't do that i thought that my kind of my role in this team was not finished 
and I had to join it. But of course, it was not just that. It was also that I got to know a lot of people through my year of LR, talking to people on Zoom chats and all that. And they decided to want to keep being in that network because of all the fun stuff I got out of it and also the missed potential. I think it was that. Yeah, I think that that is quite common in our COVID generation, the missed potential that we want to uh, take up on. Can you also share with us the first Esteem event that you've been in? Yeah, that of course. Uh, the first event was a local exchange. So me and a few other people from Trondheim, we went down to Graz in Austria, uh, autumn 2019 for a local exchange. I didn't really know what to expect because it was the first event. But I had a lot of fun there. And it was very, in one way, it was nice to be with some other people that I knew already, right, from my own local group. So I wasn't thrown directly into it. But yeah, it was a great experience. Uh, cool little city. So I can recommend visiting it. Not many people will do if you're not going there for a specific reason. But yeah, no, it was, um, it was fun. And it definitely made me want to go to more events, which I sadly didn't have time for until... Well, until basically uh, CM. Yeah. So this will be, uh, it's, a, it's a good, if you're going to go for one event, then you go for council meeting, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the biggest event, so. Yeah, absolutely. Shall we go on with uh, Nicola? Um, yeah, as Eric said, I'm Nicola, but uh, most of the time I don't uh, respond when someone calls me Nicola because... Uh, most of the people called me Johnny. Uh, I'm from local group Belgrade, and um, I'm kind of veteran, but still really, really active in the network. Um, I started to be active uh, in 2018, actually, and uh, back then I had no idea what actually Esteem is, uh, but uh, my good friend recommended it to me, and uh, I decided to try. And uh, my first event uh, that I actually organized uh, was um, Lean Six Sigma, and it was like uh, five days after I joined Network, uh, did that event happened, and I was there uh, helping uh, all those organizers, and then I fell in love with the team, uh, and started to be active in my local group uh, by organizing uh, Steam events. Uh, my local group is really strong on the local level, but I was uh, more focused on central uh, level on organizing events. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, my first uh, STEAM event was uh, Summer Academy uh, last year. Uh, so it was uh, the first event after COVID. Uh, so I waited for like three years to, to, to attend my first STEAM event. Uh, but it was amazing. And after that, I started to travel. I attend uh, five, I think, offline events. And uh, in total, 30, uh, 30 events, counting the online ones. Uh, but CM is definitely something that uh, was the most special for me. And uh, right now, I am also project leader of CM Belgrade and can't wait uh, to actually uh, that event happened. So we will see uh, how it will be really, really soon. That is real. Like that is, you, you have been in Esteem for a couple of years. You have been active. And like, this is your magnum opus. This is your, your biggest achievement now. You should uh, retire when you are on top. I think that's right now I'm on top and it's my <laughs> time to retire after this year. 
<laughs> All right, Johnny, just to get our listeners listeners on the same base so that we don't have any inside jokes and inside things. Uh, what's up with your name? Are you Nicola or are you Johnny? I'm Nicola, truly, but uh, we usually speak name or like any word on a half and then change the the place uh, of those uh, two parts of the words so for example uh, because uh, the nickname for Nicola is Nijo when you split that on two parts and change the order it's Johnny and that's the reason why everyone calls me Johnny really strange story but yeah but now you're Johnny exactly I'm changing the name now Elias please share us your uh your short esteem journey. Uh, yes, I can do. Yeah, so my name is uh, Elias. Um, I started in esteem because we wanted to set up a local group in, in Bremen. So that's actually how everything started. And that's, uh, yes, more or less 20 years ago where we started this, this, this thing. And uh, over the course of the time, I became also a member of uh, Hamburg, Budapest and Eindhoven. And uh, as a as a new local group, of course, our first event was a council meeting because there was nothing else to attend, basically. And um, it was the council meeting Vasa in 2002, which is a bit uh, some time ago. And um, yeah, I mean, how did we, why did we start some local group? Basically, we had this, this idea that IEM students should be able to uh, get parties sponsored by companies so we can drink for free. That was the, the main goal. And then we, we, we thought like, okay, it's easier if we join some established, uh, established organization and if you just create our own. So we set up a local group and then, um, yeah, took it from there. So and that's also also one of the esteemed values to get uh, free beer from companies. Is that like the fifth hidden value? Um, no, I don't think it's a hidden value. It's um, it's something that as a as a as a student in your first year you think is cool to to get this, and then later you realize oh there's so much more. So um, yeah, so it's a you know the the reason to join this team for many people that I've seen is it can be very different for, from the reason that they're gonna stay and become active or so. But yeah, I had many people who start like okay, a free beer sounds always a good like as a student. But that's really cool to hear that uh, even 20 years ago, uh, Esteem was kind of similar, that you join Esteem for this fun intercultural bit, right? For traveling, to meet new people, uh, well, to, to drink German beer. But then you, you get so many more reasons to stay, right? It's really cool to hear that you share that with us. Yeah, no, it was, it was like this. Just some... Um... Students thinking, oh, this could be possible to to get organized some events with the help of companies, and later you're part of a gigantic network and uh, friends friends of all over the world. So it's a very um, yeah interesting journey with a lot of turns, and never expected it. So basically, when we when we then came to the first event, well, we didn't we basically didn't know anyone. It was just like you know. Uh, Jose, a friend of mine, and, and we just arrived at Vasa. I don't know if you have been ever been to the Vasa airport. You know, it's a basically, uh, you know, basically the size of a, I don't know, maybe the size of a hot hut or something, or a very small airport. You have never been on a small, small, such small airport. And then you, you go out, you have no idea what to do. So you take a cab to the airport and then 
uh, to the airport, to, to the university. And at the university, you still don't know something, but then you find a sign that says registration somewhere. And then from there on, the life changed dramatically. Uh, yeah, I can imagine that, especially having a council meeting as your first event. Yeah, yeah, no experience, not no idea what to expect. And uh, arriving with knowing one person and then ending with uh, yeah, hiring 100 people on the last day or so. So with that said, let's hear from our lovely guests. How did you feel on your council meetings? Well, in Sigurd's and Johnny's case and my case on our one council meeting that we've attended. Uh, Johnny, would you like to start sharing? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, CM was definitely something that was the crown of my journey uh, in that period uh, because uh, it was the one of the first offline events and uh, I attend a lot of online events, as I said, and uh, it was really cool to actually meet all those people that you on, see only, that you have been seeing only on uh, screen and finally to show them uh, that they're actually a real person. And it was amazing. And I felt uh, really good. I felt that uh, everything that I was working in the those two years uh, while COVID was still present, uh, that everything pays off because I finally met all my friends and uh, like having uh, in that time uh, 150 people uh, in the same place, it was amazing. And I really can't wait to, uh, on the next CM, uh, there will be 300 of us, so it would be uh, even better, I guess. It's, it's just so difficult to picture that. So many people just walking around and, you know, you kind of, you, you on your first council meeting, you will not know everyone. Even, even on your 10th council meeting, you will not know everyone, right? But after like on your second, on your third council meeting, you get, uh, uh, you kind of recognize, I mean, 75% of the people. Sigurd, how about you? Yeah, well, I have to agree with a lot of what uh, Johnny said in the beginning, really, that as the first one after a bit of online experience, you kind of know a lot of uh, the people already. I don't, maybe I knew 30, 40 people uh, already when I came in. So I guess that's a very different experience from if you're a complete newbie, that it was super interesting. And as he said, like, you get to see people that you've seen online and it's a very special encounter. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of uh, esteemed spirit, and it's the biggest collection of uh, students. And even though we were only well, only 150 people in Seville, it still, still felt like a huge group. You got to know a lot of people, but there were also some people you didn't have time to meet. So in Belgrade, it's going to be well, even bigger, even bigger and better, right? That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, also no pressure on you, Johnny, right? <laughs> Elias, how about you? Now I think that uh, you can pick one of your 30 council meetings to talk about. Oh, I, I thought we were supposed to start with the, the, the first one. I mean, because for, for many people, it's going to be the first one as well, like 300. Uh, back then, we were regularly be, only 150. So I think it would be really cool to hear about your first in Vasa 20 yes. years ago. So, so Vasa was, yeah, um, I 
I think somewhere in the halfway in between or during this council meeting, I had this realization that I never thought that the human body can can survive on, on so little sleep and so much uh, other uh, drinks instead. And, and mind you, I don't drink coffee. So um, I think we got basically like two hours of sleep every night. And it was like, but somehow this whole atmosphere with all those people and trying to do something together just uh, kept us going. It was really nice. And yeah. And sauna, of course, right? You come to you come to uh, come to a council meeting in, in in Finland, and of course the accommodation has a sauna. So it's like, yeah, you just come home from the party because the club's closed at two or something, and then the bus to the transportation uh, to to the accommodation, and then you continue at the accommodation and, and with sauna and drinks and, and people that you have never seen before, and suddenly they are naked in front of you. Yeah, where they, I wanted to ask that. Where did you see a lot of naked Finns? I saw no. The Finns were mainly staying somewhere uh, in the in the town. So the, the the guys who were at the accommodation, which was I think one hour away from the the university, were the, mainly the internationals. So. Okay, so you were maybe spared the the most nudity. Yeah, yeah, but we were nude ourselves, and it was of course you come you. You have no idea what to expect. It's October. What do you think October is going to be in Finland? Well, I didn't know it's going to be minus 10 degrees. So first day, you go shopping and you buy gloves. <laughs> yeah, I think that for uh, for uh, Serbia, we will be, a lot of people will be buying shorts. It will be quite warm. Yeah. So uh, it's an unpredictable time in May in Serbia. So one day you can feel... Uh, like really 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 hot time and weather and uh, one day it's really big rain so be careful. Okay, so, so we we might end up buying gloves as well in that case uh, for me the like during the council meeting it's like a big happy blur so so time flies by really quickly and like i don't remember half of the things I do and I just meet people and I just stumble around uh, I'm I'm just so tired and a little bit tipsy sometimes uh, is it the same for you uh, definitely like it's, it gets worse when you go to a council meeting to the same place again because then it's like the the memories from the old Sam Belgrade and the current Sam Belgrade are just you know they might mingle and then <laughs> Well, well, luckily the the other one was in uh, Slatibor, so that's you know it's a bit uh, you have a different setting, so that helps. But uh, the council meetings, I think Ankara and Porto, some of them are getting a bit confusing. I, I don't think that I am blessed with those problems that I'm confusing my council meetings. Uh, maybe I'm kind of confusing some of the online council meetings, but uh, but not the offline ones. Yeah, yeah uh, but. Uh, talking about online council meetings because this is something hopefully our new listeners the people that will go for their first council meeting have not experienced too much of the of the online era the dark ages of esteem as some call them well, mainly i call them like that uh sigurd this is mainly to uh you sigurd and uh, johnny although elias you have also participated in the online council meetings so yeah but but we we're not joining the GAs online. That would be that's true. But uh, then, then Sigurd and Johnny, uh, 
how, how would you compare the online and the offline council meeting? What were the biggest differences? Well, I can say it first because I'm going to be very quick. The only experience I have with uh, an online council meeting is 10 minutes of presenting my candidacy to my position. <laughs> so uh, I was going to be there, but I had an exam period. So I had exams literally on two out of the actual days of the online council meeting. So I just joined for a very short presentation and questions and didn't get much of a, an impression, to be honest. So I think uh, Johnny would be better suited to answer that. Uh, unfortunately, I attended uh, three online CMs um, and uh, I mean, still, it was OK because uh, you still meet people and still have a chance to talk with people and uh, GA is still happening and um, discussion is going on. But still, it's much better when you have like personal contact and uh, like um, having fun, fun with people uh, it's some uh, club or uh, on GA place altogether. Online, you don't have that feel, uh, but uh, still in those periods, it was something best that can happen for a Steam uh, because network still continue to live and the uh, network didn't die. Uh, and uh, in general, it was a really great experience because as, as I said, you met a lot of people there. And then finally, when you have a chance to meet them in person, that happened and you know each other already and you have fun. So let's say it was really valuable experience. That, that's a really good point. Uh, I remember myself feeling that during the online, like uh, during the online period, uh, it was it was an amazing moment to go to the to the G to the GA to the council meeting in general, and just feeling that these people are so the spirit of this network is still alive, uh, even though a lot of people thought that esteem would really really go under because of COVID, but everyone was so so excited to meet meet each other again. Uh, it was really, yeah, I agree with you, Johnny. It was such an amazing experience. Uh, but all right, guys, now for your for you listeners, uh, council meeting consists of uh, several several days. Uh, the GA is split up on uh, five days, sometimes six days, if the board is a little bit uh, spicy. Uh, we will take you through some of the things that are happening during the during the council meeting so uh, we can we will start by the first day what usually happens on the first day we have some get to know right uh, and that involves the families so uh, we can maybe talk about that a little bit what are the families do you guys have any memories from the families that that explain the families very well <laughs> elias is <laughs> shaking his head <laughs> is that a concept that's not that you're not familiar with well, I've heard of the concept, but it wasn't existing uh, in the past. So that's, um, I don't know actually when it started. Uh, I don't recall it. I would Back assume... in your days, you did not have families. No, we didn't have. I would assume it started somewhere 2012 or 2014 or so. I think I, think I heard it, or the first time I remember it must be CM Budapest. But yeah, I... like... I will be honest with you, I was not really there, so I can't either confirm or <laughs> deny. Uh, but, uh, but families, I can give a brief explanation then. 
families are a, um, a smaller group that you will get assigned to during the council meeting. And these are supposed to be your uh, friend. <laughs> these are supposed to be your friends. Every esteemer will be your friend. Uh, but this is a closer group of uh, people that you will spend time with, especially during, during the first day. Uh, so how you're assigned is that you send out this little who am I form to local group Yellowstone. Local group Yellowstone is a, how to call it, a little sect inside of uh, Steam. They, uh, uh, no one knows how they get elected. They are super, super uh, secret. And uh, they, they are responsible for keeping the Steam spirit alive. Uh, and local, also uh, one funny note that local group Yellowstone, when I was a local responsible, I thought that it was a real local group and I thought that we could have an exchange with them. So, of course, I tried to mail them and <laughs> propose an exchange. Uh, they did not want to have that exchange. All right. But Sigurd and Johnny, uh, families, can you share some fun stories from, from that first night? Sure. Uh, I mean, uh, in Seville, uh, we actually, I think, Eric, we were in the same family, actually. You were my family that, leader. Oh, my God. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that actually, to be a bad experience in that case. <laughs> well, uh, not, uh, not bad as I expected, to be honest, when I heard that you will be my uh, family leader. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, so every family has uh, the leader that is actually responsible for that group to make the spirit alive. Uh, and that should be some person who is uh, active in esteem for some time or uh, had some spirit that is uh, outstanding, let's say, as as you are, right? Oh, yes, please, Johnny, tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and it was really nice because uh, you, you really feel like you are in family uh, because uh, you get really close with those people on the, even on the first day and you feel really more comfortable uh, during the, the 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 rest of the days on the CM. Uh, also, uh, it's the no, it's not only time when you met with the with the family on the first day. You met uh, with uh, you meeting the, with them uh, also on the other days. For example, uh, we have a LG round table where you discuss about your uh, local groups and what is the problem in your local groups, and everyone can help you with some advices and ideas. So that's also really nice. Mm. yeah that's that's super true although to be honest uh i feel that the only purpose that families have they, they do like they're only used in the first day and at the lg round table uh, it's not used that much right when you pre-party and when you uh, when you attend the other activities uh, this is super true for the Nordics. It's it's quite noticeable in other regions as well that like Nordics they tend to stick together. Uh, so so we just right Sigurd we just cluster together and talk to each other. Yeah, but we had a really fun time. I remember some of the pre parties in Seville, right, and some of the rooms. We had a good time. I mean, of course, no one parties like the Nordics. Uh, but but the problem is that other people could also experience this. Uh, but yeah, this is just me. This is just me venting to you guys. Sigurd, how is how are your feelings towards the families? What are your best memories? Yeah, you know, I think families are a great way for newbies to get kind of the first first couple of CM friendships, right? Especially mm -hmm. if you don't know anyone to begin with, with which is the case for quite a lot of people actually. You know, they come to the CM, maybe they know the other delegate from the local group, and that's it. 
So once you get in there and you have 12, 13 people that you can get to know from the beginning in kind of a, a non-intimidating atmosphere, it's not going to be as overwhelming as running into a group of 150 people at the same time. So it's good to have it. I remember on CM on the first night, we had some kind of a treasure hunt slash group challenges around the city. And that was pretty fun. And at the end of the day, we just to together, we just uh, converged as group. We started as one group. Then we became two families that went around together and three. And then at the end, all of the families basically became one massive bunch of people running around Seville. Oh, wait, I, I don't remember. I think that our family, Johnny, do you remember that? I don't think that I, I think our family was uh, escaping that big cloud of families. Or were we also absorbed? <laughs> yeah, thank you for for not for uh, ghosting me there. Uh, yeah, okay, but we can uh, we can move on from the families then. Uh, we can talk about other things that are happening. So, uh, of course, the day after we have got the GA. Uh, the GA is where all the important stuff happens. We will not we will not dive into into details on what is going on there because you will you will experience it firsthand when you are on site. Uh, but how how is the GA? Like you would expect it to be really, really monotonous. I don't really really know how to say that word, but boring and out dragging and uh, just just a pain to survive. Uh, but but it's not like at least for me, it's not like that. Like I really have fun at the GA. Do you guys share my uh, view? That's maybe even the best part of CM. Uh, and uh, for example, I also heard a lot of uh, those things, as you said, uh, that this is the most boring part and that uh, you will not understand anything, etc., etc. But uh, for example, right now for CM Belgrade, I am begging my organizers to let me being present <laughs> on GA because it's really interesting for me. Uh, so... Actually, yeah, you, you will need to do some research before so that you can understand everything. Uh, but um, you will have with your region CM preparation uh, week or weekend or day, uh, and uh, you will be ready. Still, you just need to research a little bit and uh, to be present, to ask questions, to be included in discussions, and you will have fun. Yeah, it's. I think it's easy for us to say, us that are quite active in the network and understand what's going on. Then there is it's it's effortless basically because we have worked with these people and we we know what they are doing and what they are talking about. Uh, but even if you're a newbie, right, you can you can always. The threshold is not that that high. Like you just read one document and you you have got more or less uh, overview of what's going on. You will not know the details. But like, let's be honest, I don't know the details myself, uh, but you will still get a get a broad over, overview. Uh, although, like, even if you are a complete newbie and you don't know what's going on in the official parts, like there's a lot of, as we call bullshit going on, right? Uh, there's a lot of small moments that make you interested. Like, do you remember from council meeting Sevilla how the Punisher uh, was helping us not fall asleep? 
it was Sigurd. You can tell us what the Punisher was, if you remember. Yeah, I do. I think uh, it was a couple of days into GA, if I don't remember wrongly, because people realized that, okay, some people are actually falling asleep. That's a common occurrence if you live on two, three hours of sleep for <laughs> multiple days. It's going to happen to some people. Uh, so what the, the board realized then, or someone else realized, was that we need to have some kind of incentive to wake people up and punish them. And we actually uh, tried to elect a punisher. I think uh, Johnny was one of the candidates, right? But you lost out in the final, sadly. Uh, <laughs> Alex was better in uh, punishing people than me. You are, yeah, I you think are one, of the arguments, one of the arguments against you becoming the punisher was that you were late for GA, right? <laughs> yeah, shame on me. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to that and uh, we will get back to oh we have uh, touched on so many topics punishments being late to the ga quorum uh, but I, I just wanted to finish the thought on the punisher this was something that was brought up from uh, from some of the uh, from the delegates i think it was like uh, chris from Gdańsk and uh, and masha but i'm not sure i think she is from from some german local group from both Kiev and some German local group. Uh, so it was a motion that was brought up, right? It was not something that the board came up with, only it was it was the delegates that were fed up of sleeping at the GA that wanted a solution. Okay, uh, shall we go first with quorum or first with punishments? We can maybe go with the quorum. So we, we start slowly and then we go to the fun parts. Uh, quorum, can you guys explain to us what that is? Well, yes, you have been you have been silenced for some time, and maybe you don't remember, but try to. <laughs> no, no, I remember the the quorum. How it? I think how it started to be a boring thing, and then how it changed to to how it took more energy than from the from the um, participants later. So basically, it's just trying to figure out if everybody who should be there is there. So everybody is asked to to, to you know share their voice. And then it became okay. Let's how to make this funny. Like if you have sixty local groups, uh, you go through a list and you check everything. If they're there, they're there. If they're there, and you have three hundred people listening to this, this doesn't sound like the most enjoyable moment in your life. But creativity of humanity has always found a way to make everything nice and interesting. So the the Chrome those local groups, they always come up with some weird way to call their name or say that they are there or. I don't know. You're going to see it. It's going to be fun. It's usually a song, right? I don't know if it's always a song. It can be anything, anything that in your mind, right? I would be uh, more more for faster things than a song. I would be, you know, just to throw your hat in the air or something for the Nordics. Or would, that would be more my 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 style of, you know, not keeping... keeping oh, but, but that's, like, for me, the quorum was always... Uh, some people do something more quirky, but it has become really common nowadays to do it as a song. Right, guys? Sigurd and Johnny, you remember that. Yeah, now everyone just sings a song. And everyone sings, uh, like usually they sing, some some local groups have got a theme song, like really uh, a song that they sing every time. Uh, some local groups just on the spot, they, are so, they have panic because they think they have to sing a song. So they just come up with a song uh, and just improvise it. But that's so cool to hear that it was uh, that it was not like that always. No, no, I don't recall it. Like this is always a song. It was a, 
a few local groups who did something. Most said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a slow, slow uh, conversion from everybody say, just said yes or here and then moved to some songs. Nice. All right. That, that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, but, but now it's most common to sing a little song. Like the shortest songs can be just screaming your local group really loudly and pretending that that's a song. Uh, yeah, I, th I think that is it. Do you guys remember some of the funnier songs from the forum? He's from LG Calabria. LG Calabria, la 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 la. Yeah, that's a, that's a really, really nice one. Like some songs are really nice to listen to. Yeah, that's the Calabria one is definitely more of the more catchy ones. Mm. What is what is Trondheim's song, Sigurd? Yeah, that is a bit of a problem actually. Now that you mention it, um, <laughs> a lot of the LGs, as you've been through, have like their own LG theme song or a quick chant they can do. We don't really have a song for the LG specifically. So what we usually do is just that we have a student song for all students in Trondheim, not just IAM, and we sing the chorus of that song. But the thing is, we don't really use it that much outside of the quorum at GA. So uh, <laughs> it's just like the only option that we could think of of singing. We might have to find a new a new theme song. But Sigurd, you, you teased us. You have to indulge us in the song itself. Uh, oh, do I? Wow, I feel yeah. the pressure now. <laughs> uh, okay. Let me get two seconds and you can edit this out, right? Well, I just in no, case no, no, forget, no, 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 I'm no. going to bring up the lyrics. <laughs> no editing this out. This is this is on you. You should know this. This is going live. Okay. Studenter i den gamle stata var på byens ri. Hus på at jenter rull og dram var kjempenes meni. Og faller i alle man alle, skal i alle få alle mot ski. Lakke byen for ro, men han får merke det er en studenterby. That, that's wonderful. I want to notice that Elias tried to clap as well. It's not seen on the recording, but he failed miserably. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Sigurd, for uh, for Studenten i gamla stan. Is that the name? Yeah. And we also now, we might have a, a different backup option also, so we can vary a bit from day to day and GA since we knew we have uh, the Nordic song. Oh, the Nordic theme song. Yes, I will not brag, but that was my invention. I was in the shower and uh, and it just popped into my head. But you guys will hear it at the GA. Uh, there's also a special uh, there's a special tradition revolving the quorum that uh, one day uh, the regions they sing they sing uh, their regional song or some song traditional to to the region, right? Uh, this was kind of missed, I remember, in CM Sevilla, but hopefully the tradition will come back in uh, in CM Belgrade. We will make sure it is like that. Okay, but now we're taking too much time, uh, time that we could spend discussing punishments. I think that, uh, that that's something that our uh, new listeners need to hear and want to hear. Punishment sounds quite bad and scary. But they are not that scary, right? But yeah, I, I can speak from my side because uh, I was punished because uh, I was leading on uh, GA one day. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's funny, as I said, but still you should try to avoid uh, leading. And 
to be aware that if you want to have a party in the night, you still need to control yourself enough to show uh, tomorrow on GA, uh, especially on quorum, uh, because um, if delegates late and they are not present during a quorum, uh, they won't be able to vote that day. Uh, so it's, yeah, as I said, really important. But if you get punished, uh, then uh, you will do some really strange things uh, that will, uh, that will uh, shame you. But still, as I said, it's also funny. Uh, and we have a wheel of pain that can uh, actually decide about your punishment. My worst punishment ever was Caterpillar, when you need to um, lie down and uh, to move without using your hands and legs. And yeah, it's really embarrassing. It's, it's also kind of like, it depends on where you're doing it, but it can be quite disgusting to if uh, you're forced to do it on the ground somewhere where someone spilled beer a second before. Sigurd, do you, do you have some punishments that you have enjoyed yourself? Yeah, I mean, I also uh, experienced and enjoyed the caterpillar. That's a classic one. But uh, to mention something else, yeah, I've also been through... Uh, personally, during CM Seville, we lost our flag at international night. Mm. So that, that's also a reason for punishment, not just being late. Uh, it was me and, well, the other one, my LR from a local group, that managed to both leave the table unattended. I guess we'll get back to that kind of part of the night, but it's a very dangerous thing to do. <laughs> so, yeah, I was on stage at CM Seville, and we had the, the horses riding horses punishment where basically one person is the horse, other person is the rider, and you cross the stage in style. <clears throat> I think I was punished on that occasion as well. And I was I was the horse. Uh, you too, Johnny? Yeah, I was also horse. <laughs> nice. I think the Sigurd, stage was pretty full, yeah. <laughs> Sigurd, were you a horse or were you a rider? I was a rider. Oh. Of course, Sigurd is a rider. Everyone, all the listeners, Sigurd is a rider, just so you know. <laughs> Elias, yeah, can you share maybe one of the uh, one of the many punishments, hopefully, that you have endured? No, luckily we didn't believe in punishments back then, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we were just a friendly organization of friends, and we thought, like, okay, if someone is tired, maybe had a good time in the evening, right? That's some valuable, I mean, that's the mission of this organization is that people get to know each other. Uh, this punishment is, uh, yeah, well, I mean, everything can be, can be tried out and definitely there are some funny things in, but back then there were no flags to steal, no gavel to steal, no, no punishments to hand out. It was just like you fall asleep, some neighbor just uh, bumped you and you woke up again. It's like, okay, I oh, goes wow. on. That's, yeah, that's just in 20 years, things have changed so much. Yeah, but it's also on the other side, right? I mean, you have to think, uh, wait, our GA was two and a half days long. Oh, wow. Yeah, that uh, is... Like that you, you, you trade something for something, right? I mean, yeah. um, it's definitely nice to, 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 to have a good interaction in a, in a GA and have some lighter moments. 
in, in all the presentations and uh, having to 300 people listen to one person but it's also nice to have more time for working together or hanging out together enjoying the scenery so it's like you know everything is a trade-off and it's like um yeah traditions don't, don't traditions don't necessarily question themselves yeah that, that's that's very true Uh, but this opens up like a lot of questions for me. How 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 long was the whole council meeting event? Was it? It was not one week then. It was just a couple of days. No, it was exactly four to five days. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And how long was the GA? How many hours roughly? I I think we you know it's like two two I think twice six and once three hours. So I think we came together of maybe 15 hours of GA time. I think we are we are clocking on some some hours extra in that case. And it's an it's an interesting question, and that uh, many people that are from the older generation still have in their mind when they when they realize that you have 300 people in one room listening to one person talking. Is that the mission of the organization? And you spend, I would say, four fifth of the uh, sober time on this procedure. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure if everybody's sober the J. Sorry, I'll take that away again. <laughs> well, officially everyone is. We we will not uh, destroy anyone's vision on that. Uh, but yeah, it was also different in, in our time. It was not. There was no need to be officially sober. Yeah. That's, but wow. Yeah. I think that uh, people that at least are not 20 years old in the network will uh, will think about these words. Uh, it's a really cool. Uh, it's a really cool new piece of information for me, at least. Uh, okay, but but the important part: no punishments. Wow, that's uh, that, that's the, that's the real uh, important bit. Yeah, I mean, some of those things that lead to punishments were started by uh, by by us when 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 we were in the board. Basically, we founded the gavel again before mm -hmm. it was not used for 15 years, more or less. No, oh. so we found it in the uh, in the STM archives, and we thought like, well, if we have a gavel, why should we use it? Wow, I I've read about that gavel. It's uh, it was by some Swedish president, I think president from Linköping in like one of the earliest days, uh, and it's it's cool. On the gavel, it's reading Ordning och Kreda. That means in Sweden, uh, like, oh, all right, this is a bad translation, but uh, tidiness and like order uh it's a, it's a swedish saying so it was not used and it came back exactly yeah, yeah. We, we we brought it back i think 2006 yeah. all right cool really cool to know that real alias you are a fountain of knowledge in that case uh, but shall we use that fountain of knowledge and uh, go on then uh what else what other like Outstanding parts are there from the GA that you remember? Most memorable uh, things? Ooh, I mean, there was a, there was definitely some moments of truth in some some uh, council meetings during the election. Hmm. It's uh, still one of my, my favorite stories because it shows like the the um, uh, the level of ser uh, seriousness that the organization has and uh, and how they take their their task. Right, we were in this um, five star hotel in Fama Augusta, so directly at the beach. We had our GA in the hotel room, so in the 
conference room and it was like yes, I'm sorry but I need to ask is this the Famagusta 2019 or like Famagusta way way back because <laughs> no we're talking about Famagusta 2008 all right all right sorry yeah so Famagusta 2008 five star hotel or maybe even six stars mm -hmm. and so the GA room was literally five or 50 meters away from the beach and was like 28 degrees and you know you're everybody comes from all over Europe to uh, from like minus 10 to, to 28 degrees uh, Cyprus. And um, we had one candidate for uh, finance, uh, vice president of finance. And the GA decided that this candidate was not good enough. So basically the, the, the whole General Assembly and the council, they, they voted for um, reopen nominations. So it was a very tough moment for, for this friend of mine. But it was a very strong moment because the whole GA decided, okay, no, we want to spend two more hours inside instead of uh, just, you know, whatever, just not to someone we think is not uh, suitable. And then we had, uh, yeah, three candidates after that. And uh, yeah, that was, and uh, then we could go back, back to the beach, yeah. Yeah, how was the outcome? Were you, were you satisfied with the VP of finances that you elected in the end? I was very satisfied because this was the beginning of the, the Portuguese reign again in Esteem. Okay. It was not a Portuguese uh, boy before, I don't know, a long time, but then afterwards, uh, you know, I'm right there. So now almost always one from Portugal. So Yeah, now they they have come and they, they stay. They, they are not leaving the board. No, Yeah, so how did that work when you had to reopen nominations? Because that's that hasn't happened to me in my in the CM that I've been to. Uh, <laughs> what happened once people voted to to do that? Well, once it was clear that the, the person didn't get the majority, the required majority, then of course there was a was a break, and a lot of people start talking to a lot of people if they don't want to consider applying to <laughs> to this position now. <laughs> and in the end, we had three candidates afterwards, and also, and uh, yeah. So that was, uh, of course, it gave, you know, it was a break. And then, you know, you have a lot of confusion and nobody knows what's happening. And, but yeah, like, I mean, that's what a, a bit of chaos always was, I think, in all, all council meetings. I mean, I mean when I remember when, when I was in the board, we had this, you know, yeah, yeah, every now and then you have a, some late night discussions about some elections or so, or some changes. So, so in, in our time, We, we decided to change that the project leader in times does not need to become a V from the city of the final of times. Mm -hmm. That was the discussion we had until 3 a.m. Oh, wow. And, and yeah, with the project, future project leader, with the past, and you know, all those things that, that happen when, when, when you are then. Oh, the... Yeah, sorry. I thought that that discussion was in the GA that you yeah. were having. It started in the GA, and then the, the, next, uh, the next day at I don't know, eight or nine. Uh, when then this topic pops up on the agenda and then you realize, you realize that the, this whole discussion was a misunderstanding so that within our board, we completely misunderstood our plan. Mm. So it's like we were looking at each other like, shit, we don't, that's not what we agreed upon or that's not what we understood to agree upon. And then again, you know, okay, we need a break. I'm sorry, you guys. Um, Have fun, talk to each other. <laughs> we shortly be, we'll be back. Commercial break. Uh, yeah. A few moments later. Yeah, but exactly. Oh, you always uh, uh, we call it the bullshit hour. This is usually happened. At, I don't know what was it in Sevilla. There was always always some topics that don't really 
end up well. Hmm. What was it in Sevilla, guys? Do you remember? I don't remember a bullshit hour. Do we? Did we have one? Bullshit uh, topic from uh, Sevilla that was discussed, right? Well, b bullshit topics. We had a lot of them, but like bullshit hour when. Uh, the board or like when there is a topic that is misunderstood and needs like some extra thinking moments from the board. So they say to the whole GA that, all right, guys, you can, uh, you can go and do something for one hour. Actually, I can't remember. If that happened, I probably missed that because, uh, yeah, that was the reason why I was punished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, but in this instance, I, I just don't think that it was, I think all the, uh, all the agenda points were solved uh, on the spot, and we didn't have a very heavy any heavy topics at the at the council meeting in Sevilla. Yeah, so I think maybe we're just lucky that we didn't have it. Uh, maybe we will experience it in Belgrade. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. You know, there's always from time to time some controversial topics coming up, right? So it might happen in Belgrade. It might happen the next one after that. There are a few topics you know being discussed internally within the theme that might lead to some controversial yeah. discussions down the line we have the classic one uh, of uh, iem students who is an iem students and shall we shall we include the non-iem students but i think that for belgrade we will have also the redistribution of regions some people might want to talk about that uh, so so yeah we can we can look forward to some bullshit hours there i guess Participant side, uh, I can't wait to see that. But from the organizers, uh, like yes. me as organizer, well, <laughs> please don't do it. <laughs> we will change the agenda so much just for you, John. And it's especially funny if it happens on the last day, and then the, the gala dinner is in you know in jeopardy because the people don't want to close, and there's still a discussion, and uh, you know it's ah uh, ah. Uh, uh, Johnny. What happened in Sevilla, we did not have a bullshit hour, I remember now, but the discussions and the uh, GA dragged out a lot. So we were very, very late. We were simply very late. So we missed the uh, city tour part, I think. And, and like, we missed at least the bigger because what it ended up being was just like a little trip through the city. Uh, but I talked to the organizers and they had more planned for us. So, so that's the thing. The one extra day. Yes. Uh, so now we can have uh, more time for bullshit hours. Yeah, uh, and hopefully a real city tour. Yeah. I remember what happened in Bulgaria was they drove the buses to one part of the city and we were supposed to just walk back to the accommodation from there. So it was sort of like a mini city tour, but I don't think I ever saw Seville in daylight throughout the whole CM. Yeah, and but that really gives you, uh, there is a tip. Uh, a lot of people are told me this on my first customer to go one day earlier or uh, leave one or two days later, right? Yeah, I think I could recommend that. So you actually get to see the city with no time pressure. You, know, you can just walk around at your own pace and see what's going on I and mean, there's always going to be someone else doing it you're not going to be alone absolutely like 300 people gathering in one place and if just 10 percent of those stay come one day earlier and stay one day longer that's 30 people right and it's much much more 
So, uh, so definitely. Now, most people that will listen to this podcast will either listen to it, I presume, on the aeroplane uh, traveling to Belgrade. So it's a it's a late tip, uh, but uh, definitely something to keep in mind for uh, for after the council meeting or uh, for after the for for the next council meeting. All right, Elias, uh, you shared your uh, little uh, little memory of uh, GA. Do we have some other memories of something? cool that happened it's also interesting for me uh apart from ga uh i mean that's probably because i'm regional coordinator but i really like regional working groups uh, mm-hmm. and the reason why i really like it because uh, the a region can get closer and people can get closer to each other during that working group and uh, i think it's really valuable for network and for the developing of the region uh, and um, I think that, for example, for me, it was really valuable because uh, after CMCV working group, regional working group, we come up with uh, our logo and now we will finally have a merchandise and uh, Balkan region didn't have it as I know uh, in this is actually the first time ever that we will have that. So, yeah, uh, I, I can uh, I can say that regional working group is also something really interesting. Elias, do yeah, so that exactly brings me to the question to connect it to my point before, like, where do you want to spend your time watching punishments, deciding on punishments, or working in the regional group on or something, right? It's your, it's your time, you can decide what you, how you prioritize it. This is, yeah, this is a really good question. I, uh, I did not reflect upon that very much, uh, but I remember even uh, during uh, during council meeting in Sevilla, there was one point that was dragging out a little bit, and uh, uh, some alumni were writing to me, and they were writing in the pigeonhole, and then they were really getting angry, and they wrote to to like to us in personal that we should end this discussion, that we should move on. Uh, so so this perspective is, I feel that th- this perspective is quite big in the alumni. We have kind of lost it. Like I don't know, we kind of like some punishments and like to do some bullshit which is fine of course uh, but yeah Sigurd do you how, how do you feel yeah no it's uh, an interesting discussion and they are we're getting into kind of a advanced uh, topic now but like the structure of the CM and what it should be like but it's um it's interesting to get the alumni perspective right because they've been in there for a long time there's also been discussions now recently about well we're doing it at Belgrade we're having some more open discussions as well as part of the the agenda so that instead of just people talking on stage and people listening you will also have try to have more active participation from people and so we'll see i can see what that brings and see if that can improve cm as well or if we should go back to the old days with that that kind of structure yeah uh I, i also really look forward to the outcomes of those open discussion sessions like I'm not sure what we will discuss, but but I'm I'm up for discussing. As we always said, um, STM is playground, so it's okay to try new things and to see does it work. And uh, as Sigurd said, if not, it's always okay to to get back on the like uh, old way of working. So what happens after the GM? Well. We can start with international nights, 
perhaps. Uh, we have had a uh, whole separate episode in the podcast covering the International Nights. Uh, but I think that as International Nights are quite special during the council meeting, right, uh, we, we should cover them here as well. So, uh, Johnny, International Nights council meeting. Yeah, definitely one of the best parts. Uh, I won't say the best part, but <laughs> you know that it is uh, of the CM. Uh, and uh, why? Because uh, like all basically all countries that are part of Esteem are present and uh, a lot of local groups, lot of people, lot of food, lot of drinks. And uh, it's I think it's impossible to try everything, but uh, uh, it's really nice to see uh, so different uh, like cultures and yeah, definitely one of the best nights. And uh, what is interesting, for example, uh, during CMCV, because you know you also in the same time need to be present on your table and to present mm-hmm. what you have, but you also want to go and try everything else. Uh, we from Balkan region, because we have kind of similar uh, stuff. Uh, we like uh, was. Uh, saving each other's table while others are going to try something else. So, for example, once I was uh, a host of Bulgarian table and, uh, yeah, it, it's really interesting. And uh, this night uh, knows to go wild. Yeah, uh, 26 countries that we have in our network, all of them presenting, like you said, it's hard to visit every table, but some people try their best. <laughs> do you do you remember some people that uh, that did not that failed to try all that really tried to try everything, but that succumbed to uh, uh, to different uh, to different uh, toxic uh, elements. Yeah, I remember that uh, all people from my local group uh, during CMCV tried, and uh, yeah, they they ending up like um, <laughs> in really interesting way. Uh, and for example, I remember that I also tried and uh, ending up talking with you and asking you to be my godfather, if you remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's how things usually in Serbia is going. You enter Kafana uh, alone and get out with two godfathers. <laughs> <laughs> you need to start producing more children because you're uh, you're running out of children for your godfathers. <laughs> Sigurd, how about you? How, how was international life for you? Yeah, well, uh, just to pick up on uh, what Johnny said about guarding tables. Um, that's something you need to focus on, but it's very hard if you're only two people from an entire country, right? <laughs> That's a bit of an issue. So we in Norway only have one local group, and that local group only sent, well, in Seville, one delegate and me as the leader. And in the beginning, you know, we try to say to each other, okay, you'll go and I'll stay at the table, and then we'll switch when I come back in a few minutes. But after a while, uh, when you've had a few drinks, you've been around a few tables, that kind of rule and regulation doesn't really work in practice mm-hmm. so um inevitably you um you both end up at some point being away from the table and the other groups knowing what they will get out of it a punishment for us are very eager to to go and steal it so if you are more than uh, if you are a very small country in uh, within a theme then this is something to uh, watch out for 
but Norway and I remember from Sevilla, I think that Norway was quite close to Sweden and Finland, right? So you, we can cover each other. Yeah, I don't know if you did. Maybe you stole it. Do you know who stole it? <laughs> no, I would never do that. <laughs> but, but we can help you. You can't really trust the Swedes. Oh, okay, okay. We're opening up that can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, no, but international. I mean, in TM, it's uh, well as you introduced it with. It's very special. You're normally at smaller events or normal events. You have uh, the project leader going through every table and trying everything. I don't know if that's uh, going to be repeated in uh, Belgrade, Johnny. I'm quite sure that it will be repeated in Belgrade, right, Johnny? We'll see. <laughs> you, you have to. You have to try everything. But but speaking of uh, like covering each other, so I think that Germany has got quite an advantage when it comes to that, like. Uh, with all the local groups from uh, Germany, just just helping each other out, or uh, how was it back in your day, Elias? Yeah, again, I have to break the news that back in two thousand six, at least, we didn't have it. But I also know how it came into the organization because with the uh, with the collaboration with with uh, you know Ifizo and Bastian and also mm-hmm. we basically we took the the concept from them because I remember like. Back in 2006, you were still allowed to have liquids on the plane. So you, I bought you know, about this five liter canister uh, beer to, to some of those inter- Ifizo events for that purpose for the international night. And that was, uh, of course, very helpful. So how did you, like, how did you have something that was uh, similar to the international night or were you just partying without any agenda every every night? You didn't need an excuse to... To try each other drinks. No, we, we we didn't. No, it was just like you know everybody had their own drinks and they were usually used in the after parties. So in the, in the after parties, you you brought whatever you brought home uh, or took from home, and then you were sharing that with whoever was partying in your room or whatever and accommodation options there were. But Elias, I'm really no like you are really just waking up my curiosity. What what were the parties like back then? You were just having GA, and then after the GA, you went to your room and started having fun. Yeah, just just uh, delete the after. Um, so I, <laughs> I think I don't think there was any GA where there was not, not any alcohol shared. Indeed, towards the end, right? I mean, and uh, so that's uh, and i remember one one general assembly where where the board was wearing sunglasses because they were still hangover from the day before oh they they were the board was wearing sunglasses uh, in Sevilla also <laughs> don't don't worry about that i think that 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 tradition has stuck with us for but i mean basically the, you didn't what do you need right you have a great bunch of people you put them in a room give them some music and drinks and it's going to be an amazing party and if you put them in a in a in a place where the drinks are very cheap, so let's let's say Sofia, you put them in a room with drinks, and then you have to leave the room because there are no drinks anymore. <laughs> so. But okay, international nights were not a thing. How oh, about Gala Dinner? Around two thousand eight or seven. Mm-hmm. But Gala Dinner, did you have that? Oh yes, yes, man, Jesus. We had, I'm one of my, 
I mean, two great God identities that always stick out, but but the one that's easy to, to recollect is like you were in a you were in a town hall in Lyon, you know, Lyon. Okay. You know, it's this really like 17th century uh, golden tapestry, and and mm. then, like you know, you you go on the balcony and you know that Napoleon Bonaparte was there like 200 years ago, standing there yeah. and declaring whatever he was declaring, and it's like. Wow. Yeah. There's some great moments. That is incredible. Mm. You, but you said two. There were two. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the other one was uh, Council Meeting 4 to 2006. It was also was also a very nice location. I think it must have been in, yeah, I think, it, 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 I don't know, some, some dance hall or something. It was also classic. And um, basically what happened there, like all the tables at some point, you know, started singing alternatively. So everybody drinking, having food, and then one table stood up and was doing some songs, and then another table afterwards. And it was really like a very nice uh, interaction. And it was, um, yeah, it was really cool. Like all those crazy ideas that pop up from you don't know just the just the atmosphere and the energy that needs uh, needs to go out somehow. That sounds a lot like uh, like the Nordic sits that you you have got your uh, you sit down by a table and you have a party but the party revolves around singing uh, and especially like singing around tables yeah i mean i also like sits a lot so mm -hmm. and kafanas hey we're gonna have see as an alumni uh, i i arrive one day early so i'm gonna have two kafanas Ooh. <laughs> what <laughs> Where where are you gonna go? Or Johnny, this is you, you are supposed to ask these questions. You are the Kafana specialist. Yeah, actually, uh, the the first the first Kafana should be more like Serbian night, and we will have also people with trumpet that will, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, that uh, and they will they will uh, make uh, really Serbian atmosphere, and the second day will be uh, more fancy Kafana. So yeah, I think alumni will really enjoy, but you will also enjoy as well, like uh, the the participants uh, of the students. Yeah. I, I believe you, Johnny. Uh, I'm wondering though, we are we are throwing around the word kafana a lot. What is a kafana? Because uh, maybe not everyone is a, a born Serb. Yeah, kafana is actually the traditional Serbian place when you uh, go out and uh, have fun. And uh, usually you can drink a lot of rakia there. And also you can uh, listen traditional Serbian music, uh, something that we call uh, trubaci. Uh, that is the people. Uh, actually, I don't know how to explain it because you need to feel it. You, you will see. Uh, we prepare something like that for you. Uh, so, yeah, kafana is something that uh, everyone uh, basically likes. And I remember... When we had one event a couple of years ago, uh, we actually didn't expect that people will like it because it's Serbian music and participants basically don't understand it. But more, most of the participants stay longer than most of the organizers in Kafana. So that but tells you know, everything. You get to go to Kafana's every, like you can go whenever you want. Uh, some people visit Serbia only once in their whole lifetime. They need to uh, enjoy the kafanas as much as they can. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to actually find the kafana that can uh, 
have capacity for four, 400 and more people. Uh, so we will improvise, we find one space uh, that we will make to look as Kafana and we will bring a traditional Kafana music there. So you will have a chance to experience that. Like 400 people in, uh, in Kafana, I, I can't imagine that. I really can't wait. But Elias, you, you have had some experience with Kafana, right? Were yes, you in definitely. What, what are your best memories from those? What can we, what can we expect? Like without the propaganda of the, of the Serbians that are just bragging. Yeah. See, that's the nice thing. Every you mentioned before the sit sit or sitting, I think it's a sitting, it's called, I think, in Swedish, or you have in, in the Netherlands, you have those weird uh, things, cantos um, uh, uh, in Belgium, you have those also crazy part. So basically, every country has some very nice traditions that you, you should explore. And the Kafana is definitely my, my favorite Serbian one because. Yeah, you, you go in there, you, you don't understand what they're saying, but at the end of the, the night, or not even at the end, like after maybe half an hour, one hour, you, you stand on the, the chair, you know, <laughs> singing whatever, you have no idea, most likely it's usually about love, but you, you just yeah. sing along because the lyrics are easy. And then you just... It's great. Sigurd, you have heard some parts about Kafans. Uh, what is your verdict? Are you excited for Kafanas? I'm very excited for Kafanas. I like it when uh, the CM organizers also have some cultural evening activities, right? Because the, you will also have the, I guess, normal or international night activities where you go to a club where you just have a party and dance or something like that. And that's a lot of fun too. But when you are in a country, it's very cool to get that cultural experience, right? To have that uh, something special about the country and they get to show that in their in their international uh, event. And then on like, I'm feeling that uh, Kafanas are quite traditional. So speaking of traditions, like making it a smooth transition, uh, there's a lot of those in Esteem, right? Esteem has got a lot of traditions and these are all shown in uh, at the council meeting, especially when all these cultures clash. So uh, let's talk about those. Uh, just, we can start sharing. Uh, Think of some tradition that really like make it made an impact on you the first time you saw it, shocked you the first time you saw it. Traditions or uh, country traditions inside the team can be either. I can go with, with the story about the, the gala dinner at the council meeting in Porto, where you know the the tables was were singing one after each other. And and some people found this very strange because they thought a gala dinner, you know, you have to suit up and be very stiff. You can guess the country, right? Um, <laughs> so they thought you cannot have this behavior because they were professors as well. And it's like, you, you cannot have singing students uh, next to professors. And um, luckily the professors saw it differently as well. They thought like that was a great event because you could really feel the energy of the, the people. But, but some of uh, those... Uh, Stiffer participants, they, they, for them it was a cultural shock. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was also thinking what, like, what kind of stuff should I mention here? But you, seem, you can say something that kind of shocked me the first time was uh, the potato tradition. I wasn't aware of that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess... I guess it needs an explanation, but I didn't, I wasn't aware of, because someone told me on the way to an act activity that, oh, I have just bought a potato with me, and I didn't understand what the significance of that was, so I was like, okay, 
what is the point of this? And then at some point later in the night, you just see some people handing someone a potato and someone just takes a bite of a big raw potato and you don't understand anything. Um, so yeah, that, that was shocked me, I have to say. <laughs> and what, so what is the, like, what are the rules of the potato game? Yeah, so the rules of the potato game is that there is one potato in the game and if you show it to someone, then uh, they basically have uh, two options. They can take a bite of this raw potato or they have to chug their drink and finish it. So uh, it's a, it can be a hard choice or it can be an easy choice depending on your mood. And also, I wasn't aware of how it worked properly. So maybe we can get a, a, a German to explain further. Uh, because I think that you're missing one rule, Elias, right? Uh, I only know this game from Sevilla as well, but but I got the rule that if you have another potato, you can cancel out the first potato. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. The counterattack. <laughs> <laughs> the, the appendix rule on how to counterattack. Yeah, and also I think you get the potato, right? If you don't have anything to counter with, you are awarded the potato after the after you've taken your choice. Yeah, the potato gets uh, passed on, so you can do it. Yeah. Although I have uh, encountered uh, versions where everyone, especially when, when I was in an event with only the Northeast people, so the potato region, as they call themselves, uh, there everyone just had a potato, so they didn't have to give it away. Uh, because it was just assumed that you would have a potato. Actually, I really like esteemed traditions because most of them have um, um, the true purpose. Uh, and uh, for example, uh, one of my favorite is definitely buffalo roll because uh, your right hand always needs to be free so you can meet the rest of the people. And uh, yeah, uh, for those who don't know what is it, you actually need to hold your drink in your left hand and to drink drink with your left hand because if someone catch you you're drinking with your right hand that your right hand is not free uh, to meet other people they can say you buffalo and you need to uh, to chug your uh, drink uh, and also i really like uh, punishments for name tags why because you need to encourage people to wear it because usually you have some important uh, phone numbers and location of the hotel and agenda, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, people usually uh, forgot to wear it. And if you steal their name tag, uh, you can punish them because they forgot to, to have it. Yeah, but what is really important to, to say here is that uh, the best thing is to take a picture so you have a proof that they actually lost their name tag, tag but you should give them back because if they get lost, they won't have any uh, important numbers with themselves. Uh, and that's the purpose actually of that punishment to encourage people to wear it. Absolutely. And imagine being lost. Imagine being semi very drunk, borderline very drunk uh, and lost in Serbia. Everything is in uh, Cyrillic, right? You don't, you can't read. Uh, it's, it's really helpful to have, a, to have a phone number to call and get help. Yeah, but that's cool. I didn't actually know that the buffalo rule had a purpose. I thought it was just to make people drink, but there is actually a reason for it. That's interesting. I can share one. Uh, like I met a guy in. Uh, it was on one of the Nordic events. Uh, so he claimed that he is from the buffalo. He is a member of the buffalo club. So buffalo outdates a steam event. Uh, the tradition did not originate like every 
tradition, it originates somewhere, but not in esteem. Um, so there is this Buffalo Club, and they, I don't know what the rules of the Buffalo Club are. It, it, they are quite wicked. Uh, but like their biggest, their biggest thing is that they always, whenever there is a member of the Buffalo Club, the Buffalo rule applies. Uh, so, so they made it up, from what I've heard, according to my Swedish source that may or may not be completely reliable. Do you know anything about this Buffalo Club? Like, is it an international organization? I mean, yeah, I, I do know some. Uh, I did not want to bore you guys out, but I can say how to become a member. Uh, what you need to do is, I think you need to find another Buffalo Club member. Uh, yeah, it is It is some kind of international uh, club organization, but it's more, mostly, I think it's it's completely bullshit. It's just meant to, to be fun. Uh, so you need to find another member and that member has to give you maybe a challenge, I think, and you have to be approved. And to be approved, you need to give them a coin, like the smallest denominator of your own uh, valor. So like if it's Swedish crowns, one Swedish crown, if it's Euro, then one Euro cent. And they have to, uh, you have to like carve in your name into that coin and they have to keep that coin. Uh, so in order to leave the, the Buffalo Club, you need to reclaim that coin and you need to post it on the front cover of Times Magazine. That's how you, and you have to state the reason why you want to leave the club. That's how, that's the only way to leave the club. Yeah, sorry, very, very much of a side note. Uh, no need to, no need for our listeners to remember how to become a member of the Buffalo Club. Uh, more traditions, flags. How about flags? Do you remember some fun stories on those? I think we once, uh, as alumni, ended up with many flags, and the owners of those flags were not so happy that we used them to hide our nudity. It's <laughs> <laughs> a picture somewhere. I think it's also the some. Uh, I know we took it out of the presentation because it was embarrassing or offensive to the flag owners. Hmm. Yeah, that is. I uh, I will think of that next time I will have that flag on me, <laughs> or if I will be <laughs> cuddling to someone's flag. <laughs> you you should try to avoid like to to steal people's name tags if they uh, actually didn't lost or put that somewhere else. But for flags, you should steal it. <laughs> of course, there are also some rules. For example, that if they have. Uh, their flag on the table during international night you shouldn't steal it from there or for example if boards put that on the tables during the day you shouldn't steal that <laughs> but actually, actually eric you can maybe share a story how we stole board no no, no. I, I think that you remember it better than me <laughs> well yeah actually eric and i uh, break the rules and stole board flag while they were not present in GA room. So board also needed to do a punishment. It was it was hard to verify because it was like we said that, of course, the flag was down on the floor, uh, yeah. which may or may not been true. Uh, it's so far like I can I can say that it was uh, it's almost half a year ago now. So who really remembers if it was on the floor or if it was on the <laughs> on the table it exactly. when you say lie 100 times it became true so <laughs> yeah uh, at one point i even convinced myself that it was the truth uh, but what is the biggest uh, 
like you know, if you steal the flag, uh, you will uh, get uh, punished. The local group gets punished. But then there are bigger flags, right? You can have a regional flag or a country's flag. Uh, what is the biggest punishment you've seen uh, for flags? Like the biggest collective punishment? Do you remember one of those? Mm, not for a single flag, but I remember uh, during CM Civil in the mornings or when they were reading up the punishments, they were reading quite um, a lot of a lot of names because a lot of flags have been stolen. So um, not that I remember it correctly because it's been a while, but things like the the chairperson reading up okay look we were berlin northeast region the entirety of croatia southwest region and they keep having that list and the stage just fills up with people and that's when like uh, 100 people are doing the horses riding riding horses challenge <laughs> with people and okay, the next thing about traditions are actually that you can start your new uh, a new one, right? I mean, most of the traditions, as you have heard before, they didn't exist uh, 20 years ago. So who knows what kind of traditions will come up from a uh, council meeting Belgrade? That's but that's super true. Uh, we had uh, the international night. Well, apparently it's not that old. The which else like uh, just gavel. The punishments, uh, the quorum. Yeah. Those traditions are new. <laughs> and some other traditions don't really exist. I'm not sure if they exist anymore. Like we used to have a wake up committee. Wow. That basically after the especially after the, the gala the gala party and so on like the next morning or it was still the night so basically like when people came home latest so at six or five or so a.m they woke up people and handed them drinks to continue the party and to, to say because we don't want to stop partying and now it's the end of the event but we don't want it to end so you know we woke up we somehow always got the, a list of who stays where and then we woke up those we believed that they could still handle some Badly mixed gin tonic at uh, 5 a.m. in the morning as a um, breakfast. Uh. John, is this something that uh, Belgrade will uh, will uh, use? Yeah, we have a plan to have people that will go and knocking on the door and wake you up. So, yeah, but that's for waking up to work. We only woke up for for people to drink and party. It's a very different, you know, it's a different concept. And every, every waking up is. Uh, beneficial during cm yeah that was necessary for me at least one of the days i think it was after international night kind of uh, speaks for itself that that's also a hard night to wake up from uh, on the other nights you know you always put on an alarm and the other nights i or mornings i was fine i did it but there was something you know about the magic of the international night and i wasn't the only one apparently so i think it was uh lewis from berlin who just Took it up on himself to be a hero and run across the whole the whole accommodation and knock on people's doors like a madman to wake them up and there was no organized committee so i'm glad someone did it if not there would be like 30 people <laughs> in ga but he also had he was also blasting music right that too yeah it was a, it was a necessary uh, combination okay louis if you're listening i don't, I don't remember the songs uh, he played do you remember what he played oh energetic German hard metal, I would presume. 
Louis, uh, if you hear this, this is a call for you. Uh, you are our nomination for the waking up committee in that case. Uh, okay, guys, uh, I'm feeling that we are getting on to the, to the topic of uh, organizing council meeting. And we have with us one of the uh, specialists on the topic. Johnny, shall we take some time, like, share with us the troubles on your mind while organizing council meeting? Ooh, well, <laughs> that's that's really a spicy topic. Yeah. And to be honest, I can't believe that actually uh, eight months already passed. Uh, there were a lot of challenges, to be honest, uh, especially because uh, last time when Belgrade organized CM, it was 10 years ago. So it was in 2012. And that was also the first time ever that Belgrade organized CM. Uh, and uh, we didn't have any, you know, like knowledge uh, base and uh, somewhere where we can actually see how we should organize it. Uh, we only had the help from the board. Uh, and also we contacted the previous CM uh, organizers, like from uh, Sevilla, from, from Augusta, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was the biggest challenge. But, uh, yeah, thank God I had a really great team uh with myself during this period and we managed to to finish everything and uh, now when we are recording this uh, episode it's uh, seven days before cm belgrade uh so yeah we really can't wait to uh, everything to 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 happen actually yeah, the the biggest problem is also like trying to find places for Actually, it's not 300 people because it's only 300 participants, but there are like 80 organizers from our side. So 80, not 18. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and also the rest of the local group will probably want to join some activities. There are also some crushers. So it's really hard to find places for 450 and more people. Uh, but somehow we managed to do it. And um, yeah, we really can't wait to see you. So how many people are coming for CM Belgrade in total? In total, 300 people. 2,072 uh, students and 28 alumni. Okay. But, but with the extra, with the crashers, and do you have a number on those? Yeah, for now, uh, we actually made a group with crashers so that we can make uh, communication easier. And in that group, we have 25 or 30 crushers. So quite a lot. Uh, and yeah, there are probably also more people that we still don't know that they will come. Yeah, so, I, I have got quite a lot of Nordic people that I think are not aware of that group. So I will send them over to you. Yeah, yeah, you should definitely. So yeah, we, we actually don't know how many people we can expect. Uh, but uh, we will do our best uh, for everyone to feel comfortable and to feel um, to enjoy during our uh, event. And how many people were you guys uh, in the organizer team? You said you, you mentioned the number, and could you just like repeat and say exactly how it works? Because I know that you are the project leader. You have got the board responsible. Then you have got teams. So yeah, how yeah. Do you work? yeah. So uh, I'm project leader and I have uh, two local board responsibles. Uh, and uh, also I have seven more people in my core team. Like we are the, the 
core of the whole event. Uh, and everyone is responsible for some different uh, positions, for example, corporate relations, finances, uh, public relations, design, etc., etc. Uh, and log logistics, of, of course, because logistic is uh, something that is the, the 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 hardest thing during the preparation of CM, definitely. Uh, and uh, every one of them has their own team with like four or five people. So in total, it was 37 of us uh, before one month. And then one and a half month before event, we included uh, 40 more volunteers to help us. Uh, and uh, yeah, so in total right now, there are uh, 80 of the organizers. That is a lot of work. I don't know, uh, Elias, you have got probably a better uh, overlook than me. Is is it common to have that many organizers uh, for the CM prep? You, you can, I mean, the CM, I think that had the least organizers, I would be something between three and five. <laughs> And that worked out as well, but it's a different, you know, different level. And I mean, what is the goal? I mean, the goal is also that, you know, that not everything has done by the project leader, but, you know, if you are three or five people team, then it's very much like this. So, but uh, um, it all depends. So when we, I, when we had the council meeting in Bremen, I think we're, we had two project leaders and then a, a team of about 10, 15 to help out. Um, and out of which then you always have those sometimes, or you don't always, but sometimes you have that basically two days before the event, you realize, okay, those people who are responsible for that, they drop out. <laughs> they disappear. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, the last week now before CM, we are working on something that we call Super Excel. That means that basically in every minute we know uh, which organizers will be on which place and what they are going to do, etc., etc. And we have one really big Excel uh, spreadsheet with the times and places and with the organizers, basically like matrix, and we put them where they should be in each uh, moment. So, yeah. Um, I really would like to use this opportunity to, to say thank you to my team, especially to my core team and my board responsibles, because uh, I can say that I'm not uh, the only one project leader, because without them, I would not be able to, to do anything. So I think if you, if you are listening, thank you so much. So uh, while saying thank you, what are the best moments that you share from preparing the council meeting? Why would you recommend someone to uh, to prepare a council meeting? Like, what are what are the benefits? Yeah, um, the benefit is especially if you are working with with the people uh, like those people with who I am working. Uh, during this period, you will get really close to each other. You will uh, become true friends, and uh, you will actually see how. Um, uh, how much things you can actually do that you don't even thought it's it's possible before, you know. So uh, you will you will see your limits, and I can really say that I believe that esteemers don't have limits. Actually, uh, esteemers are wonderful people that can do anything they want. And uh, you, uh, the, the best way for you to, to find out that is organizing CM, because there are a lot of challenges, uh, a lot of uh, great memories also. And uh, 
yeah, some definitely something the best that this team can offer is like being host for the whole Europe and uh, like, yeah, that, that's definitely it. And I, as I said in the beginning of this podcast, uh, this is basically the crown of my esteemed career and definitely probably the last thing that I will work in esteem as active member, of course. You gotta end on top, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can add to that. Um, it's, you know, everything you organize, you see as, as very easy in the afterwards, right? Once you have done, organized such an event, uh, you know, you're just, your, your back will just grow and all those small events or everything like when later when you work and you have to organize a conference or you just have to organize uh, partners who come over, you, you know, you, for you, it's always going to be peanuts for the rest of your life because you have organized such an event and, um, to 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 say from the from uh, having been part of the organizing and then looking back it is really nice to to show those people your city right to to have them come to you and then you know have some ideas what you can show them and then see them happening and then and later you 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 go to the to the gala or to some other party place and then you see all those 300 people crazying out completely and having the time of their lives uh, and you know you're responsible for that and um yeah that's gonna be amazing and uh, now the question to zero basically okay what do we need to do to convince you to organize a cm oh <laughs> interesting question well um you know you need a local group <laughs> uh that's kind of the issue right that's uh to organize in a, a cm it's a pretty big event and you need a local group that has enough motivated people to, to do it so um uh, to get a team of the size of the ones I have in Belgrade is uh, would really be a struggle for some of the local groups that we have. So I'm, I'm very grateful that we have have some of those. I'm, I've been thinking like how far in time do we need to go for trying to be able to organize a, a CM? I think within 10 years it would be possible. Within three, probably not. But Sigurd, Elias said that like the records of the fewest people that were organizing two two three four five people i mean you have that in drama we do have two three five people that's right yeah we could i mean there's some parts that we could do if we really went for it one hard thing is uh accommodation right that's a bit of a challenge to find a place that's big enough for well 300 people and that also doesn't uh break the bank when it comes to that participation fee so i think if we made something somehow work on accommodation then it would theoretically be theoretically possible. What are the some of the most creative uh, ways organizers have handled the accommodation problem that you have seen? Well, Elias, I guess. Well, you... I didn't go to CM Cosware, but I heard they did some stuff there, right, Elias? So uh, I think the back until I think council meeting Vaza, so most people were always hosted privately. Hmm. So basically, I think up until 2002 or so, like the, the standard accommodation was, you know, with some students and uh, taking it from there. That was that was the standard. And I think in the first uh, yeah 10 years of the organization and then it uh, shifted to hostel or whatever. And then yeah, in Karlsruhe, it was the uh, just a gym. Basically, that's what uh, also I think IJ is doing. They always have their people in a, in a gym. 
And um, yeah, of course, we had this uh, five or six star hotel in uh, Famagusta 2008 or uh, Istanbul, I think 2000, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, don't know. Don't know. But uh, so I, everything has been tried out. Oh, yeah. And Vasa, we were, we, were, we were staying at this um, Christian retreat place which was one hour away from the city. So the, there we, the, 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 I think the, the accommodation might have been more or less free, but then there was some payments for the transportation. So we're like, yeah, it's just like trying to find, okay, what is there in a city that you can, can use? Or in, uh, I don't know, in Eindhoven, we were also like one hour away. Yeah, but it's interesting to use hosts. I would, wouldn't think that would be, possible for council meeting how many people were you back when you were using hosts i think the host maximum capacity must have been somewhere around 180 i think but i wasn't there because there was i think cm eindhoven was i think then the biggest in 99 2000 something like that but still 180 people for me it's hard to imagine for private people to host because was it the local group members that hosted i mean they are big but that big members and friends right it's like you tell them hey we have those international coming over uh, can you help out right? i mean you could try to just say okay the whole the whole couch surfing community of uh, trondheim are you would you be up for it for something like right there yeah. the creativity like what, what what johnny said right there there are no limits you can do whatever you want right? Talk, talking to alumni really brings perspective because I I would never thought, have thought of hosting uh, a council meeting with hosts. Yeah. But, it's the they had hosts and everybody got a bike. <laughs> oh, perfect. But that's even before my time, so right? I, 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 secondhand to the storytelling here. But that's a necessity for uh, for for Einhoven, right? Uh, yeah. It makes some things easier, right? But uh, yeah, um, all those bike sharing you have in, in in many cities shouldn't be a problem to may strike a deal with a next bike or so and say, hey. I mean, we were in. I was at a conference in in Glasgow with I, I think four thousand people or so, and they had a deal with with next bike so that basically you got you know could ride for free for one week on them. Yeah, I think you can also be very creative with deals with companies, uh, probably. Do yeah, do you guys have some creative deals, Johnny, right now going on? Yeah, well, um, I don't want to to tell you uh, everything right now because uh, you should see when you come. Uh, but I can say, for example, uh, creative uh, stuff with the company before. Uh, for example, on some event, I think it was college back then in uh, 2019 in Belgrade, uh, we had a collaboration with a uh, with company that uh, provided us uh, condoms. So that's also one of the creative, uh, of the creative uh, collaborations. So yeah, uh, there are a lot of, uh, of space for being creative during CM. Uh, but uh, what I wanted to say is that the hardest thing is actually just to apply for organizing of the event. When you apply, then uh, you have one year 
a period, try to find the companies, try to find the hotel, uh, GA room, etc., etc. And believe me, Sigurd, uh, if you apply now uh, for uh, <laughs> for some uh, next CMs, uh, you will have enough time to 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 find accommodation. When we applied, we didn't uh, have anything basically uh, because we decided to apply like two days before um, before the council meeting started. It's a bit of a pressure though, because if you, you know if the council elects you to host the council meeting, you kind of have to make it happen, right? You can't fail. Well, yeah, that's true, but that that's about the creativity that we just discussed. Like if you are creative, you can um, you can actually get everything. You just need to know what you are like uh, offering, and everyone, for example, even uh, the hotel really wants to to host uh, three hundred students because that's also uh, a good uh, good for them, you know, because uh, people will hear that they uh, support those kind of initiatives and. Uh, they will have also 300 uh, more uh, grades on like uh, Google. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's uh, also very underestimated, like how much value a council meeting brings to companies, to, to universities in terms of visibility. Uh, yeah. And like final thought, I agree with you completely, Johnny, that it's just a huge leap of faith. Uh, the scariest moment is to apply. And then after that, it's it, there's a lot of work, right? Johnny, you experienced that firsthand, but uh, but it it works out. Like we have had so many council meetings in really places that one would say were not suitable for it before, but they manage, right? So uh, yeah, uh, CM Trondheim, twenty twenty three. Or twenty five. Let's go for that. Be a little yeah. bit more safe. <laughs> <laughs> more realistic timeline uh, all right actually uh, we have never organized it. i was looking through the the list of all the 60 plus council meetings and we've never organized it before so neither has gothenburg so we're we're with you yeah uh, future boards take note <laughs> <laughs> pressure pressure gothenburg and Trondheim into organizing yes yeah, speaking of vasa like i would also not imagine uh like Vasa is such a little little uh, city and little local group, but yet, like they do, they do uh, make a council meeting. And exactly as as I mean, so back in the days, was sometimes so the elections were basically who was still standing last with the board. <laughs> so I think the Vasa project leader who got it was not the one who made the project. So they also had quite some challenges, and it's um, and uh, yeah, that that can happen, right? I mean, we all know this, the, the or we might know the story, how other local groups tried to to organize it, and then it didn't work out, and it's um, has happened, I think, three or four times over the course of the thirty years of its team. Yeah. Okay, we have covered organizing council meeting. That is a that's a lot of pressure, especially on the project leader. Uh, but the project leader is not the only one feeling the pressure during council meeting, right? Uh, people that have, uh, well, council meeting is a big is a big moment for people that are applying for positions, board positions or uh, leadership positions. Sigurd, you were applying last year. Would you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. I was applying. Um, 
I guess my case was a bit special since it wasn't an online CM. It's a bit different from what you can expect offline, but the, the main process is the same, right? So uh, everyone who's applying for the board or to be the leader of the service or also some extra positions like the, ne the next council meetings, uh, times final, those kind of things, they all have to be applied and be approved by the council. So uh, there is a bit of a pressure there. You have to be elected. People actually have to vote for you. In my case, I was uh, the only one running. So I had to be elected against uh, not losing. It's uh, a bit easier and a bit less pressure than if you are two, three people uh, trying to champion the same spot and not lose. But it was still a bit of a pressure to, to present. So the way it goes is that you have a, a quick presentation. I think it was about five minutes where you present yourself, tell you tell the audience why you are suitable for the position, why, why they should elect you, basically, why you are qualified. So I did that after this round of questions, which can range from uh, actually, you know, interesting and a bit challenging questions about which goals you have for your mandate, things like that, all the way to bullshit questions. You get that too. So you have to be prepared to, to handle both. And... Yeah, after the round of questions, there's, uh, there's the voting, usually even on a different day, uh, to decide who actually ends up winning, and then you are elected, hopefully. How, how did you feel just before applying, and how did you feel after applying? Uh, after getting yeah. elected? Yeah, after getting... Before applying, I was uh, a bit nervous about it because I didn't really know what it meant to be a service leader, right? And I guess it would often be the same for many other people who are applying for positions. You have some idea, you've probably spoken to the one who, who was it before, who has some kind of knowledge about it. But I didn't really know what it was about. And I was a bit nervous, uh, to be honest. I mean, I'm fine with presenting in front of people. That's not an issue. But you feel it, that you're taking on a responsibility, right? But after getting elected, uh, well, I felt, I felt great. I was really pumped to get going, get started, and uh, we'll do what I wanted to do. And you get a really wonderful feeling. You, you get gala dinner after the, uh, well, the results are coming up on the last day, right? And after that, you have got just gala dinner partying with other people that are elected, celebrating. Yeah. And it also feels, uh, feels good. I didn't get the same effect because I had a, a virtual uh, mm. experience again, but I, I saw it in I saw it happen. The, the applause you get after the election results are in of uh, you being elected, it must feel great. Hmm. How how about uh, you guys that applied with the council meetings? Yeah, well, uh, for us, as I said, uh, it was a uh, last moment decision to apply. So we were super excited, but at the same time, really nervous. Uh, would it be uh, okay? Uh, what people will ask us? Uh, how we should answer when we actually don't have prepared answers because we decided about that three days ago. Uh, but it was really interesting and it was really, uh, really special moment, especially when you get elected and when uh, when the results are shown and uh, when you see that basically you had 99% votes for yes organizing it when you see that people are supporting you uh, especially because it was also uh, on um, online and uh, while you are on zoom and presenting you're just getting a lot of messages from a mm -hmm. side uh, where you see that people actually support you so it was beautiful and Elias how about you you have applied for quite some things you can pick 
top three applications? <laughs> well, my my favorite application story is still. So I was lucky, like for for the council meeting and also the membership and observership. I was not not the one who was in the in the leading role. I you know I for the membership application of us. I was just I was just there with an extra place and. I was just asked to the stage when for the question session. So, and um, for for the question session, I was in in this position that I was drinking way too much the night before with the alumni. So, uh, so basically, um, all answers of mine were completely unintelligible. No one understood a single word that <laughs> that I that I gave. But uh, we got to. It also helped me over any anxiety I might have held or felt or so, but but I was uh, you know we're still very much in a, in a good mood, and uh, in the end we got hundred percent of the votes uh, for for joining, which is uh, not too common for for new members. So it was really really nice. So apparently this unintelligible num- mumbling was uh, was helpful to to give the the spirit across that we are really in in for the the organization. While the other, my my my, you know, the, the ones who actually presented, they did all the you know the good work, and I was just you know for the... it was from the heart. Yeah, exactly. Unintelligible mumbling. <laughs> exactly. It was a bit different though when I applied for the presidency, um, uh, also because I I, I had one of uh, a good friend of mine. She she was my uh, she was competition, hmm. so we would be applied to to get uh, against each other as it's it time. And uh, there it was different. I was, uh, I think, I had my presentation prepared, you know, went through it before with, with some friend or so, had some discussions in the evenings with people or so. But a presentation, I have no memory whatsoever anymore. <laughs> I have no idea what was asked or anything. I, you know, just somehow, you know, managed it on autopilot and, yeah, got elected and was happy. And then afterwards, uh, the real work began, right? It's like the uh, preparation was one thing, but then trying to put all the ideas, you know, you have when you apply for a position, how you want to, usually you want to change or keep things and how to put this then into practice with the reality of uh, a volunteer-based organization. Yeah, that's the fun part. Still, I'm really curious about, because you, you really experienced this, uh, election process offline. So, how was the celebrations after after you got elected? Or uh, do you just don't remember it at all? And well, it was great, right? I mean, basically, we 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 got you know, especially in the board, right? You had your predecessors, which are your friends, so usually, and then they hand over to you, and then you you talk with them, and then you cheer. You you are the first time you take over the seat in the council uh, after the after the election results are out. You you have like five or ten minutes, or we had five or ten minutes just to to lead the lead the general assembly, and then you're the ones who who initiates all the esteem uh, songs, and um, yeah, it's, it was an amazing feeling there. I was just like, just overwhelmed with, uh, yeah, let's let's do this, let's rock it. And then uh, your your core bodies also have the same feeling, and then you're together, and it's like, ooh, that's gonna be the best years of our lives. And uh, yep, that's uh, it's not, uh, it's definitely uh, something to do. Yeah, the stress of, of application was worth it in the end. 
Yeah, the, the, the application is not that stressed compared to the workload afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> no, but we knew it one and a half years before I, I, my, 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 my mate was my, oh, my, I made up my mind and, and then it was like a lot of talking and trying to figure out how we can combine the positions and talking to the other potential bodies and then seeing, okay, that sounds like a cool team. And, yeah. Good. So speaking of celebrations after elections, this is usually the last thing that happens, the last night. Um, we can we can also wrap up our discussions and and go into this this last last goodbyes. I feel that that is a really big moment at the council meeting because you've met made so many friends and you have met so many of your old friends. How how does it how does it work? How how did it work for you when you were leaving? Uh, the latest council meeting, Sigurd, for example. I, I have got a picture of us. Like I remember, we have we have a picture when we we're saying bye at the at the hotel. But please share. I don't actually remember that picture. Well, we got a picture. Cool. <laughs> no, it's a uh, it's a lot of a uh, lot of hugging, a lot of saying bye to people. Um, you know, at some point, the week has just passed so quickly, right? And uh, you've gotten to know a lot of people, gotten to know better the people you already knew, and. In my case, I had a fight. I think I had to be at the airport at seven. So um, then I was actually given advice by Elias personally, I remember, to not sleep at all. <laughs> it was not a good idea. <laughs> so uh, I followed his advice, stayed up, and uh, had time to say bye to a few people, uh, or a lot of people, uh, pack my bags, say bye to some more people, uh, give some other hugs, and then get the Uber outside and head home. And... Uh, you know, I never really sleep on airplanes, but after CM, really, that really hits you, right? So I didn't remember taking off from Seville Airport, I don't think, <laughs> at all. Um, and once you get home, the CM depression starts right away. It's a, it's a concept you can hear people talk about, and uh, it's true. It's a real thing. How, how does the CM depression work? How do you feel that its effects? Oh, for me, you know, you spend a lot of time uh, missing it. You look through some pictures on your phone and just wish you were there again while you're sitting with your university work. <laughs> you want to break from that. Um, there are just so many memories that collect in your head throughout the day, even though you know, might not remember everything. You have built up so many memories from those seven days and they just keep replaying in your head and you can't really wait to meet some of the people again and go travel. Even though you feel tired, you you want to do it all over again. Totally agree about positive and depression, but uh, esteem has that one beautiful sentence uh, that say, see you somewhere in, somewhere in Europe. And I think that this is the, the main point uh, because uh, even if you are saying goodbye uh, after like last day of CM, uh, you know that uh, with the most of those people you will meet again somewhere in Europe, maybe for like in a couple of days or a couple of months. Uh, but uh, I'm sure that also in a couple of years, if you are in their city, you can always contact them and you can always meet with them again because yeah, that, that's the most beautiful part of uh, being one esteemer. Elias, I think that you have, you can have some experience in meeting people after a couple of years. 
Yeah, it's it's great. It's basically like okay, yeah, you have this this the the end of the event. You know, just you know, basically the time starts. So there will be another event, and then you see each other again, and you hit off directly where you left. Right? There's no, um, there is no time hasn't passed. Right? I I sent a picture two days ago to a friend of mine I haven't seen for ten years or so, but it's like you know, if I, if we would meet again, it would be the same as ever. Right? You just go to a bar, have the time of your life, talk bullshit and some serious stuff, but everything is a, is a very, very, I would say a strong connection. Right? I still have many friends from my first council meeting, which is now, you know, almost 20 years ago. I still know them and I know if I call them, they would be very happy to hear from me. And it's like, yeah, just don't call them too often. <laughs> and it's, I mean, uh, having such an old, sorry to call you old, but let's face it, <laughs> uh, having an elderly alumni like uh, it's uh, do you really do you really talk to the people that you met uh, 10 years ago uh, more more than 10 years ago yeah definitely i mean we don't see each other too often unfortunately it's it's the you know there's this time in your life when you meet again at everybody's wedding yeah, yeah. That's a that's a great time, and, and now of course most many have have kids, so it's getting a bit more complicated. But then there are, there are other events, and you see each other on alumni events. But uh, yeah, it's a birthday upcoming of another friend, and of course it's easy, a bit easier if, if you're in a close proximity. But but even the others like that are in Switzerland, Finland, or somewhere, right? You try to you try to see them, right? I mean. Now for the CM uh, Belgrade, I try to meet up with uh, Alex Nijalkovic, right? And and see if, if all those old people are still there and, and Maria Babic and, and, you know, all those, those uh, yeah, the alumni from, from Serbia and to see, okay, hey, how are they doing? But I think with Alex, it could be that the kids are already so big that he can go drinking again. <laughs> that second youth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I said like, yeah, yeah, like it was obvious that you meet at each other's weddings. But yeah, you actually go to each other's weddings. You are real friends. Like it's it's um, it's a real thing. It's it's not just some abstract thought that, okay, you are uh, writing emails to each other and you send pictures. Only you, you do all that. Yeah, just I think yesterday we got the picture of the wedding from, uh, don't ask me, some, some Serbian wedding, right? Which was... Uh, Nicolina's, Nicolina's wedding, you know, and then you see, ah, yeah, there was Rade and there was Martin and then, you know, and then you have those pictures from all over and then, yeah, depending on the size of the wedding, you can, you might be joining, but joining, but uh, I think from, uh, from my generation, I don't know to how many weddings I've been, been to, I must be 10 or so. Really shows that you, you get real friendships. It's not just like buddies or um, I don't know how to say this in English, in Polish and in uh, Swedish, we have got this word that it's um, so you are just acquaintances. No, 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 the esteemed friendships, they are, they are stronger than most other friendships because they are, um, there are so many um, common things that you share and, and the memories that Sigurd mentioned before, right? Those, those are strong memories that you share that will last a lifetime. So, so yeah, I remember from like talking, I remember I have memories from my first CM talking to the individual people and I have, I have those memories from, from all, all CMs from single discussions or, or so on. And uh, 
even though that you might think that the amount of alcohol would lead to memory loss. Um, <laughs> no, I, I remember you know, discussions from, from every every CM. Hmm? Usually not so many from the from the general assembly, more from the evenings. <laughs> but that's what we said. Like the real the real discussions they happen afterwards. That's when the some knowledgeable, some not knowledgeable people gather around by a beer and uh, discuss things. All right, guys, uh, thank you so much for being here. Before we go, let's have a round of uh, some tips uh, on uh, how to have the best council meeting yet. Some people might go for their first council meeting. Some people might be uh, old veterans. Some tips for the, for the newbies that might be listening to this and are really excited for what's to come. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to demand too much to the newbies, but I mean, one thing that you definitely should is actually read the survival guide if you're a newbie. Uh, that helps a lot. And I'm, I know some people skip out on it, but don't. Take the time, take a few minutes and read it because it will help you. Hmm. Yeah, I would also say uh, feel free and natural, talk with people and try to enjoy as much as you can, but also take care of yourself and uh, have enough uh sleep when you feel that you need to sleep uh and drink enough water yeah and, and i would uh go in a bit slightly different direction even if you're tired go to the evening activities right uh, do this and yes it's not nice to sleep in EGA. yes it's not nice to be a bit late or not present right but it's also only one punishment right and <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the decide what you want to do but don't forget the evening activities there where, where most magic actually happens so it's um... yeah and I think Elias said like close to almost the beginning of the podcast that you will you'll be surprised by how much your body can handle of lack of sleep you will actually be able to to survive it all right thank you our lovely guests so Sigurd Elias and Johnny uh, you have been really fantastic, like super nice that you were here. Uh, how do you guys feel, how do you guys feel now after your first podcast, as you said? Yeah, thank you, Eric, so much for being our host today. Uh, it was really nice to have a really nice talk with all of you. And I really can't wait to see you in just only one week. Yes, uh, thank you, everyone. It was it was great talking to you. I'm I'm hyped to, to for for next week, and I hope also some of uh, have the chance to to talk to you in real person and uh, also to meet some of the listeners in uh, reality. And uh, yeah, see you in Belgrade, right? Bigger, better Belgrade. <laughs> I think after after the event, you will know how to pronounce the the white city. Today, you guys have been with us for two hours, two long hours. That is really amazing. But I think that if you have if you have survived this, you are really excited for the council meeting and you will have a really amazing time. Meanwhile, some information for you guys. As always, follow us on social media and check the portal for any events. Well, maybe you can check the portal for events after you have come back from uh, from the council meeting. I can also take time and spoil the sixth and final podcast episode that will be released soon. It will cover the topic of the foundation of our organization. We will have as guests 
two of the founders that will tell tell you all the inside stories about how the organization started. My name is Eric Viktor Pemejasinski, and you are listening to the Esteem Podcast. See you at the council meeting.